Marcel, I'm your host, Shiraz. You can find us in Anchor.fm, Breaker, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, and Overcast. Like our past episodes, today I have not invited any guests. Today I'm going to read a story from PRI.org, written by Daniel Price. Headline of the story is As Bhutanese Refugee Camps in Nepal Wind Down, Resettlement Program is Considered a Success. This story was published in December. 28, 2016. Each Teacher's Day at Bilnagi Refugee Camp, students at Triratna Secondary School are thanking their teachers with speeches, songs, and folk dances on a bamboo stage decorated with their mother's saris. This has been a yearly tradition since the school opened in 1992, when the refugees had just arrived and classes were held in an empty field. Now they study in a modest complex of bamboo classrooms that even has a science lab and a small teacher's lounge. But there aren't many students left. The school's principal, Purna Gurum, says the student body has dropped from nearly 3,000 to fewer than 200 as kids leave the camp and resettle in new countries, but he has no plans to leave himself. I have chosen to be here, longing for repatriation to Bhutan, my own country, Gurung says. In the 1990s, people in Nepal like Gurung with certain ethnic backgrounds were pushed out of the country through a severe campaign to retain Bhutanese national identity. Around 108,000 people moved through India to Nepal where camps were eventually established in 2007. The UN Refugee Agency UNHCR, started accepting applications for moves to third countries. After almost a decade of the resettlement program, more than 105,000 Bhutanese refugees have moved Abroad. The vast majority have started new lives in the United States. With about 90% of the refugees now abroad, the Bhutanese program is actually a huge success as far as refugee resettlement goes. More often, refugees never get the option to move, according to Kevin Allen, the Kathmandu-based representative of the UN Refugee Agency. Global displacement has now reached World War II levels, and fewer than 1% of refugees typically find safe homes in new countries. There are currently 65 million people forcibly displaced, it is in the news, the Syria situation, South Sudan, Somalia, etc. And so the international community is hard pressed to meet needs globally, Allen says. The Bhutanese refugees were given until November 15 of this year to apply to go abroad. By the end of the year, UNHCR will stop forwarding applications for research Alan predicts there will be about 10,000 Bhutanese left here at the end. One of the last to leave will be 29 years old teacher Sita Adhikari. Adhikari teaches high school math in the camp and makes $7 a month. She actually has a master's degree in humanities. But when the camp's last math teacher moved to the US, she was the most qualified person to take over. Back in her bamboo hut, she teaches herself the lessons while trying to keep her young kids occupied enough to ignore the oppressive heat and mosquitoes. A small fan quietly fights back in the corner 
but sweat trickles with any moment. When a problem stumps her, she texts her brother to help. She used to teach maths in the camp too, but resettled in Rochester, New York in 2008. Soon, she will join him. I want to experience life and I want to provide my children more facilities than I used to have because I have taken much struggle in life now, Adhikari says. Some refugees don't want to be resettled. Adhikari says she is late to apply for resettlement because her recent divorce has complicated her application. But some of her neighbors are still here because they don't actually want to move. Some think they will be given land in the area if they stay. Some want to return back to Bhutan also. There are people, there is one grandfather here. He wants to move back to Bhutan. But Adhikari knows this is unlikely. She says people have been talking about moving back to Bhutan since the 90s, but it hasn't happened. One of these people holding out for a return was Adhikari's own primary school teacher, Danman Khadka, who came to her heart to talk. Khadka has been teaching primary school in the camp since 1994 and was adamant against resettling so much that his wife and son moved to Australia without him in 2012. They haven't spoken since, but now 64 and living alone, he's resigned himself. Last March, Karka applied for resettlement to Dallas where his daughter lives. What to do? So many relatives are here. Better to go there. Our life is better than here, she says. Karka's friend, 70-year-old Dalbadr Bista, disagrees. I am not going. I'm staying here. Bista has lived in the camp for 24 years. He still considers Bhutan, where he had to abandon his house and fields of cardamom and orange trees home. I have really, really big hopes that I could be back one day in my land in Bhutan. And if not, I would like to die here in this land, but I won't go to a third country. At least I can die here in peace in this camp. Bista sits outside his hut, sweating over bamboo. He is fastening into a baby cradle. Refugees aren't legally allowed to work in Nepal, but the informal economy is flush with their labor. He sells his bamboo crabs both in the camp and to local outside, but he knows these skills won't translate well in the West. Thinking about going abroad, I can't read or write. I'm just going to be sitting there like a rock. We can't understand anything. We can't do anything. I'm too old to work, he says. So why doesn't Bista go back home? Because Bhutan has made it crystal clear they don't want the refugees, whom they considered illegal immigrants, back. And if you try, there could be a big price to pay. Take 28 years old Santiram, when Acharya was 17, he says he tried to cross back over the border to visit an uncle. Instead, Acharya says he was accused of terrorism by the Bhutanese authorities. I spent eight years in the detention center. It's too terrible, he says. With charges of terrorism on his record, he has been told he's ineligible to resettle to the US where his family moved in 2011. He is hopeful he will be able to resettle in Australia instead, but it is hard on his mom. I didn't call her. When I call her, she used to cry. She always remembering me. She always asks everybody about me, so I don't want to give torture to her. Refugees like Dalbadr Bista don't want to go to the West, but Nepal, despite hosting the refugees for over two decades, says they don't really belong there either. 
most likely they will be allowed to stay but expert says state wood and land rights may elude them as it did in Bhutan for its part UNHCR says it is still negotiating with both countries they are also looking at local solutions like getting Nepal to let refugee kids attend regular schools once the camps have closed UNHCR's Anna Pelosi admits, though, it is more likely to be older people who will stay behind. I think over the years, what we have seen in the older generation tends to be more interested in returning to Bhutan and the younger generation sometimes tends to want to resettle, she says. The last to go. This rings true for Bhim Thapa, the grandson of Balbadur Bista the bamboo craftsman Thapa, 28, is applying for a resettlement in Australia. He had put it off hoping his grandfather would change his mind and come with him. But with the deadline looming, he had to act. Now everybody agrees to go, but still there is some problem because of his grandfather, grandmother, other people also, they don't want to go. So what we should do for them? Still, we are confused. Safa doesn't want to abandon his grandfather, but he worries about his own family's future. He points out his son, who is sitting nearby watching videos on a cell phone. He's five, the same age Thapa was when the family first arrived in the camp. Thapa doesn't want him to waste his childhood in a refugee camp too. Around the family still here, things are changing. Empty housing plots have become vegetable gardens. When a family moves out, Sita Dikari says their neighbors dismantle their bamboo hut for firewood. Like sharing birthday cake, they still share the house. Adhikari says, rations from the World Refugee Program are decreasing too, but for the most part, the rhythm of life in the camp goes on, and the school continues to offer promises, even as more of its benches empty in this place. Our only hope is our school, Adhikari says. Her legal name, the name of the documents that will get her out of this limbo and on a path to American citizenship is actually Saraswati, the goddess of learning. It is a fitting name for a woman who sees education as a ticket to a better life.